person that's born between 1997 and 2012, and they are coming of age. Uh, some examples in Florida, Maxwell Frost became the first Gen Z elected to Congress. And a recent analysis by the Center for American Progress uncovered that Gen Z is the most pro-union generation, driving a wave of unionization efforts across major corporations, nonprofits, and college campuses. Experts are now trying to understand Gen Z in the workforce, and they're asking some of the same questions asked of millennials just 15 years ago. The irony is not lost on me that I am a millennial and I am no longer the young, cool kid in the office. Uh, so some of the questions, right, are what are the most important factors that are going to attract and retain young workers? And what can we expect to be shifted in terms of workplace culture? Um, so tonight we are so lucky, we are going to hear straight from the source on how we can all best support the literal future of work. Uh, so joining us on the panel is Ice Kostin, a senior graduate at CMSD Cleveland Early College, where they're working at one of the recently organized Starbucks in Cleveland, and she's also a member of the City Club Youth Forum. I know you wanted to applaud, but she's doing so much that you just didn't know when. All right, um, so there's gonna be a lot of that here. Uh, so our next panelist is Zoe Ellenbogen, a senior at Shaker Heights High School and a member of the City Club Youth Forum. Thank you, Zoe. We also have Danita Goins, a junior at Magnificat High School a peak intern at Youth Opportunities Unlimited, where she interned at City Hall, and do not applaud yet, she left an award ceremony early to be here. She was the one getting the award, folks, okay? where she manages programming that introduces middle and high schoolers to conversations in careers about the green economy and serves as a mentor for Youth Opportunities Unlimited. All right, so a couple pieces of housekeeping here before we dive in. If you have questions for our panelists, you can text them to 330-541 5794. That's 330-541-5794. You can also tweet them at the City Club. If you know me, you love you know I love to be on Twitter, so don't uh, don't hesitate on that front. Um, and the City Club will be monitoring Twitter and we'll try to work those in. Uh, so members and friends of the City Club, please join me in welcoming our panelists. Here we go. So just to break the ice, as one is wont to do in sessions like this, I would love to start and just ask everyone real quick, round robin, what was your first job? Um, let's start with you, Ice. My first job was at Little Caesars on Warrensville and Cedar. Who doesn't love a hot and ready? Give it up, people. All right, Cherise, hit us. Doing the same job now that I was doing like 25 years ago. I was working in out of school enrichment programming. Nice. Okay. Cool. Zoe. Uh, my first first job was at Starbucks. Um, I was a 
first job, I was an assistant dog walker. <laughs> an assistant dog walker, not to be confused with the head dog, head dog walker. Okay, yeah. Danita. Um, I was a camp counselor at the um, CMHA website. Nice, okay, cool. So that's where the softballs are going to end, okay? We're going to head into the, the hard-hitting questions that we have this afternoon. Y'all ready? Okay, let's do it. Um, so for those of you who have been uh, following the labor market, you know that labor force participation has not reached pre-pandemic pre levels. And so while our unemployment rate is really low, we still just don't have as many people in the workforce. And it's really more art than science about why that's happening. But one of the factors that people often point to is that uh, Generation Z and also boomers are just opting out of the workforce. They're perceiving that the terms of employment are just so unfair that they'd rather not work at all. So I would love to ask the panel, and I think I'll target this to our three Gen Z panelists, what is it about a job that is attractive to you? What are the characteristics of that job that make it really work for you? Is it wages or flexibility? Um, let's start with you, Danita, and we'll just go all the way down the line. Um, I would say definitely uh, one of them have to be the wages because we need money to live. And so we will want like a good um, hourly pay. I would also say like the work environment because if it's like a good community and everybody is getting along, like when I am told, like I can sense like a good community, like everybody loved each other and they was always friends and talking. And so um, the community is also very good. Yeah, no doubt. Godzilla. I would have to go with the second thing you said, flexibility, because the amount of times as someone who's recently turned 18, I've had bosses be shocked that I still have school to attend, <laughs> and then I have to explain to them that I cannot match that level, and then I'm therefore inferior, despite putting in the same amount of effort. So yeah, I would say flexibility. Mm. Go ahead, Ice. Um, I would say the work environment. I cannot work in a hostile work environment. I need to be around people who can make my day better, who I can make their day better as well. So that's the main thing. Okay, so I heard a little bit about wages, but I heard a lot about flexibility and workplace culture. Who do you think drives workplace culture in, in, in a work setting? Is it your coworkers? Is it your supervisor? Is it the people you're working with or for? Do either of you have any perspective on that? Um, for me, my job involves getting to work with the children. So I would say because so much of it was just enjoying what I do, that was a big part of it that had it been without that, I might have not loved my job as much. Um, and then otherwise, I would say kind of how the supervisor chooses to reflect on the company as a whole. Mm. Um, I will also say supervisors. Um, the person who, who runs the store is like the main person who everyone looks up to. Um, I feel like if that person isn't as motivated and doesn't care as much about their job, then the people they hire won't. Mm. Okay. Um, I would say that um, the employers go also like be very good and like even if a supervisor isn't really good at doing their job, that their employers can still make the um, workplace a fun place to be and make it really worthwhile. Okay, cool. Thanks everybody. All right, let's head on to our next question. So many of you 
worked your first jobs during the pandemic and you're still working, some of you in public facing jobs where you are serving customers each day. Um, I think that a lot of what we heard during the pandemic is that, well, Gen Z can go to work, they're young, they're healthy, uh, they're not at the same risk level as others. I would love to hear a little bit about how you felt about being put in that position, if you felt like you were compensated for the risk that you undertook, and if you still um, are, are feeling like you're in a vulnerable place at work because of some of those perceptions around young worker safety. Um, so maybe I'll start with you, Ice, and maybe you could talk a little bit about sort of your job and just so folks have an understanding of where you work. So when I was working, I was working at Starbucks during the pandemic. It was I was in training, so we weren't open, so I didn't I wasn't able to have like that people connection, people coming in and out of the store, and meeting new customers and meeting the old customers as well. So when we opened back up, it was a lot to handle because it was really busy, and I wasn't used to that type of busy working environment yet. So. People who came in who were there before the pandemic were like, why is everybody working so slow? And it was like, oh my God, I'm trying. <laughs> so that was kind of my experience. And I got used to it after a while, but it was kind of intense. Did you feel like your workplace created a safe environment for you? Um, yes, I do. I feel like my trainer, her name is Kate, she was very like, very concerned, like don't try to rush yourself, don't stress yourself out, you're making dreams, just calm down, take it one step at a time, and that helped me like realize like I can't stress over every small thing, like everybody's day is affected a little bit differently, so I need to watch how my day is being affected as well. Nice. Thanks, Isa. Sharice, maybe I'd ask you, I mean, you're an educator, um, while not in Gen Z, I think you were asked to work during the pandemic. I think that throughout the pandemic, I've noticed that it was really important for many of us, because we learned so many lessons, to have a lot of flexibility. And the young people that I work with um, really advocated for themselves to make sure that we were meeting some of their needs. And so we as an organization obviously have protocols, but one of the things that I noticed was that the um, folks that I get to work with were willing to state their needs, and some of them more because of wage issues, less because of safety protocols, but people have walked away from the position because they don't feel as though their time was being valued. And so I really did see that um, as people have seen how flexible we can be in the workspace, um, Gen Z has come up in that, and as a result, they're really seeking to assert themselves and to um, come into an environment that meets their needs and where they can contribute as well. That's great. Thanks, Sharice. Okay, I want to pivot slightly because you talked about the ways in which Gen Z um, is, is unique from other generations. And so Zoe, I want to direct this question to you. Um, Gen Z is the technology generation. You all have grown up with social media and influencers in a way that even myself as a millennial have not. I can remember life without a cell phone. My parents were cruel. I was not allowed to have one until I was like 16. It was horrible. Um, and so I guess my question for you is, how has that connection to technology and the internet sort of changed your perceptions about work? Or, and maybe more broadly about work, um, work and your relationship to work? 
I would say, generally speaking, it's essentially an almost sort of whiplash-like experience between, wow, you're younger, you know so much about technology, like, I want to learn from you, and you're eight, don't, just don't touch anything, don't mess up anything, don't, don't, don't do it, you're going to mess it up, don't even think about doing something, because you're going to mess it up, and it's just that constant kind of having to adjust, am I more capable or am I less capable because of my age, and... As a result, I found myself ending up in situations where I'm managing up to people who are older than me. Well, why am I not getting compensated for extra work for people above me? I'm also asking myself that question on a daily basis. <laughs> okay, so tell me about this. Um, do you learn about work from social media? Do you go there to solve questions about what's happening at work? Do you talk to people about work on social media? Can you talk about that element of it? Um, sure. I will say my first introduction to really work, quote unquote, was seeing it in the education aspect. Um, and then after that, really what comes besides your parents is you start seeing online every third advertisement. You can make money this fast, this way. You don't need self-employed. Don't why, why get a job. And it's just a constant, constant cycle of, you know, 80, put on those 80 hour work weeks so you don't have to work for anyone else but yourself. And you end up surrounded by that and kind of everything else is drowned out. And so in a result, a nine to five is, is almost conveyed as a like negative option. When in reality, it's just more stable. So I've received a note that first of all, we are doing an incredible job and that we should all get a round of applause. The second note is that we all must be incredibly closer to our microphones. Yeah, yeah, so just get cozy right up there. Yeah, there we go. Another round of applause. There we go. Okay, so what you are touching on, Zoe, is so interesting to me. Like this constant flood of um, pressure to have these jobs that, frankly, like don't exist. Like this notion of like working for yourself and being able to be on the beach. Like there are some of those jobs, right? But you certainly don't get to start at those levels. I think you see a lot of, uh, I'm trying to think of some buzzwords I see of like start drop shipping, start just all these sort of like quick fixes and when that's just as constant as your parents saying, here's some really good job opportunities, it's, you're surrounded by all of it all the time and so it almost becomes hard to see when you're in just that total immersion from social media. Makes sense. Okay, so Sharice, I want to pivot um, and, and go a little further on that sort of theme. You run a program that is about connecting young people to jobs in the green economy. How do you, how do you attract young people into these sorts of career pathways when you know that they're getting fed all this information about other types of jobs, um, jobs that may be really difficult or um, may not be as much of a real opportunity. How do you how do you bridge that divide and also just get right up in there in the yeah, you know okay yeah. Mm -hmm. Part of my job includes going to career fairs and being able to connect to young people so that I can draw them into my internship, but I also use that opportunity to do a little bit of market research, right? And I always ask young people, um, not what do you want to be when you grow up, because I 
think most of us are still trying to figure that out. Mm -hmm. But instead, I like to ask, like, what do you like to know? What do you like to do? What do you want to learn? What do you want to put into the world, right? And so I think that one of the ways that I'm able to, um, I don't want to say attract young people, but the way that I'm able to get them to trust me as I journey with them is because I really am interested in their unique experiences and skills and in helping them to figure out how to expand upon that. And so I think it's really important as we are, um, as industry leaders look at what it what it will take to engage Gen Z, that they think about um, meaningful experiences that use the individual's unique skills, not slotting people into a job, but instead allowing people to work on what um, is meaningful to them and the capacities that they want to expand on. That's lovely. Um, so Sharice, just to follow up, you said you've been doing this work for 25 years. What do you feel is unique about Gen Z as compared to other generations of young people that you've worked with? Um, one thing that I am consistently like in awe of is how Gen Z advocates for themselves. And another thing that I've already mentioned, like their desire, I don't want to overgeneralize. It may just be the young people that I get to work with, but I've also seen it in these three in the brief conversations we've had. Um, there's a desire to um, be authentic to themselves and then to create something in the world that's unique to that. And um, I think that that's really unique and will enable them to, to make a mark. And we've seen that they are politically engaged and they're interested um, Say, no. um, that they're interested in really making a mark, and I think that they're going to be able to push along so many efforts by speaking into their, by using their ability. I love that. And Matt, you actually bring up something we should have mentioned today, right? Is that these three young people are talking about their lived experience, um, and, and that's just a reflection of who they are, right? And that Gen Z is not a monolith. And so um, what we learned today, we need to put in context of, of these three young people. Um, so I want to come over to you, Danita. Um, you've actually taken advantage of a workforce program that is in some ways similar to what Sharice is talking about. Um, you participated in the YOU Youth Opportunity Unlimited Peak Program. Could you talk a little bit about why you decided to get involved? So I just wanted to get involved because I um, heard about it from um, the youth counselor that I am, Miss Katie, and so she told me about it and that how um, it's really just a good opportunity to be in. And basically, it gives us internships, and so you can internship at like any place that you want to be at. But we also do like workshops, like we learned about like how to set up um, accounts on social media or still professional. We learned about digital points. They have a certificate and like CPR. And like how to write emails, so they just do like many different workshops outside of the internship. And we basically get to learn about it and we also like have projects with people about like cool exploration. So I really wanted to get involved with that because um, it's just getting me prepared for the world. It's just getting me better prepared for the world. <laughs> <laughs> for the future and like I get a taste of like what it's like to be and I'm also setting up like well success in a, um, now so it's easier in the future. Mm -hmm. So Janina I know that you had your internship at City Hall that is a place of many generations can you talk about the experience of working in a setting that was intergenerational where there were members of Gen Z such as yourself who were there as interns 
um, all the way up to folks who are nearing retirement age, or maybe should be retiring. Ooh, singer! Okay, go ahead. I would say um, interning at the mayor's office was really eye-opening. Like, the community was so, like, beautiful. Like, everybody was in different positions and of, um, like, different ages. But, like, we all still worked together. We all still got along. Like, one of the first few days I uh, walked there, even on the first day, like, the first thing I noticed was, like, Everybody was joking around, everybody was talking, but also still doing work. It was like a good, beautiful community. And so when I got to like interview people of like different generations, like you could all like see that they all loved their job and that they loved where they were staying at and that they was really focused on building Cleveland to become a better place. And so it was like we all was like at different ages. But we all still work together. We all still had a common goal of making Cleveland better. I love that. That's that. I think actually really lends itself to this next question I want to ask before we head into Q and A. Um, and this is for you, Ice. So Danita talked a little bit about staff of different ages coming together for a common goal to build a, either a better work environment or um, seeing a better world that they want to live in. Um, you've been involved with one of the local Starbucks here that is organizing. Give it up. Um, and, and I think I know, right, a part of why you wanted to do that was because you wanted to see better work conditions for yourselves and your colleagues. Um, but that's been a really hard process. Like, they don't call it a labor struggle for nothing. Uh, and so I would love to hear you just talk a little bit about that. Okay, so... At first, I really didn't know what a union was. I wasn't really politi politically involved. So when my coworker came to me about it, I was like, um, sure, if we want like a better work environment, why not? <laughs> so um, it took me a while to really get involved and really understand how important it was for our store to get involved, like unionized. Um, me personally, I have already been affected by the union. Um, they are very, very supportive of how we want to work and what we want in our work environment. And I feel like it's very important that we do get unionized because a lot of people are struggling and working hard at, a, at Starbucks, doing way more than they should be. And it's kind of sad for them to have to leave a job that they really care about because if they feel like the job doesn't care about them at all. So, I kind of forgot the question. No, I mean, that was it. It was like, what's your experience as a young person in the labor movement? That's, that's the question. So, one last follow-up. You have been trying to win a contract at your store for the last six months. Oh my God. <laughs> Longer than that. Have Do you find yourself believing in unions more or less than you did at the start of this process? Our union has been working very hard to get that contract. So I don't feel like it's their fault that we haven't gotten it yet. Yeah. Um, our company isn't really they're not supportive of our union, and I feel like they just don't understand. They feel like we're trying to attack them, but it's not really about 
them. It's about us, and we just want to feel better when we come to work. We want to feel appreciated. We want to feel safe. We want to feel like our work environment is ours. And our union has been trying to make that clear to them and trying to, like, have meetings with them and, like, just have a conversation that needs to be had and it's not there yet and it's very frustrating because I don't want to be in like a hostile environment or feel like we have to pick a side because it's not about that at all. Who wants ICE to be the press secretary yeah. for the United yeah. States of America? That was a very, very balanced answer. Um, Y'all are doing great things, so thanks for sharing that. Um, so I promised that with the last five minutes before Q&A, we were going to have a little fun. So we are going to share our craziest work stories, okay? <laughs> so for the next five minutes, we're going to go through the line and uh, share some tidbits. You all be thinking about your questions. We're going to get started with those in just a couple of minutes. Who's ready? Who wants to start? Prior to working at Holden Forest and Gardens as the Green Corps coordinator, I spent five years in the East Cleveland City School District as a middle school science teacher, um, and I loved it. However, I began in the middle of a school year, which is not an easy thing to do. Um, so on my very first day, um, which was rough, <laughs> I ended the day with um, attempting to learn about my students and to just learn their names. And instead of telling me their name, one student um, got down on the floor, started barking like a dog, and decided to like crawl away from me and like around counters and things. And so it was <laughs> not an easy first day, but I lasted for a while. Yeah, no, that was, and that's a first day of work story too. That's extra special. Okay, who's got a good one? Zoe? Is it you? It's you. I, uh, so my job, uh, I was a martial arts instructor, um, and so I've done martial arts for 11, yeah, 11 years. Um, gotten injured plenty of times, never actually broken the bone, except I, we have a program for kids five and under called Tiger Tots, and so I was leading a class of like 10 to 15 kids of about that age. Three-year-old asked me a question. I can't hear him. I go, I my first broke where I got my nose shattered by a three-year-old. I have wow. never, never gotten. I... <laughs> yeah. That's a tough day in the office. I mean, there's nothing good to say about that. You got beat up by a three-year-old. Yeah, that's tough. Okay. Um, Danita Ice, who's next? Who's going? Um, I can go. Um, so as I worked at Starbucks for about a year now, and this is still the funniest thing that I feel like has ever happened there. Um, this lady came in, and she was a little disoriented, you could tell a little bit, but it was just funny how she decided to come up to the counter and tell everyone that she was Beyonce's backup singer, <laughs> and she was Beyonce's backup um, dancer, and she was like very confident in herself, and she really believed it, and for a second I was like, I too. <laughs> but, so, as she was talking, we just kept working because we were like in the middle of a rush, and then out of nowhere, she started singing and dancing in the middle of the cafe, and we're just like, okay, this is really happening, and we're just like, okay, we have to focus, but yeah, that was, I was just amazed. 
how confident she was. <laughs> it wasn't a Beyonce song, by the way. <laughs> and to be clear, we got to hear this story ahead of time. Beyonce was not in town, okay? She was not around. There was no Beyonce concert going on. Danita, you're on the spot. You have one to share? You don't have to. <laughs> I don't actually have one, but I did work at a summer camp with kids, and so... <laughs> Every day. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy, but I don't actually have, like, a specific story, to be honest. I know that's kind of sad. It's not sad, because one is coming for you. One day you will have your story. Yeah. Yeah, it will come. Okay, fair enough. Okay, it's question time, folks. So I have uh, some directions here. Um, we're about to begin the audience Q&A. For our live stream audience, I'm Grace Heffernan, representing the Northeast Ohio Worker Center and moderator for tonight's conversation. Joining us for a panel discussion is Ice Coaston, a senior graduate at CMSD Cleveland Early College. Zoe Ellenbogen, a senior at Shaker Heights High School and member of the City Club Youth Forum. Danita Goins, junior at Magnificat High School and peak intern at Youth Opportunities Unlimited. And Sharice Kent, Green Corps Coordinator at Holden Forest and Gardens. If you are here with us in person, you can line up next to the microphone on my left where the beautiful Cynthia Conley is having her prices right moment. Is it Price is Right? No, it's not. Yeah, Price is Right. Okay. Um, and if you are joining us virtually, uh, you can text your questions to 330-541-5794. You can also tweet them at the City Club, and we'll try to work those in. I'm going to start with the text question that we have here. We actually have a couple coming in already, and also preface with my um, craziest work stories when Shaquille O'Neal came into Bath and Body Works, and he's a warm vanilla sugar guy. <laughs> um, so the question is uh, from our virtual audience member: What do you think older generations can do to be more accepting and accommodating in the workforce? And how do you think senior managers can adjust their thinking to better understand, recruit, and retain younger employees? Yeah, do it, Zoe. Right. Nice and close. Um, I think the hardest thing is just being asked to like decide of am I going to be rude and perhaps suggest that maybe yes, I do have a better way, or am I just going to go with their way? For instance, I've we had. Uh, I think it was from 2018 to 2022, Boulder that needed to be cleared out. And so my suggestion was to categorize them, print them, and then put them in, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, to put them into a flash drive. She wanted to print every single one out. So I spent from 9 a.m. to like 7-ish printing out like this many documents. And then when I gave it to her, she's like, oh, well, can you just organize these into categories and then put them back together? Mm -hmm. And it's a moment of, you know, we're taught respect. I, I'm not gonna outwardly really speak on that, but I also, like, I would love to be able to. Sharice, <laughs> how do you feel about that many trees dying for that office project? Yeah, it's not okay. Holden Arboretum does not agree. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone else want to add on that? Yeah, go ahead, Ice. Um, I want to go back to the part about respect. I feel like our generation doesn't have a problem respecting anyone from any age range. So 
if you have respect for me personally, I have all the respect for you. Mm. So if I feel like I can come to you and talk to you and like really sit down, you don't make me uncomfortable, I won't make you uncomfortable, regardless if you do make me uncomfortable, because that's just the person I am. So respect is a big thing on keeping Gen Z in the workplace, mm. for sure. You wanna add anything, Danita? I feel like something they can do is just know that just because you're older, does it automatically mean that you're correct or does it automatically entitle you to like boss people around and make the younger people feel like they're less than you? Mm -hmm. And so I feel like just being open to ideas and respect and trust is definitely important. Like if we feel like we can trust you, then we're going to trust you, we're gonna do a good job and we're gonna to come to you when we need help. But if you're the opposite, then you can't really expect us to fully trust you and know what to do if we need help. Yeah, that's great. Hello, I'm Claire. Nice to hear from all of you tonight. So I think the three Gen Z members of the panel tonight are all still in high school, correct? So as you look to graduation, how do you feel that like your educational experience helped prepare you for what career path you're gonna pursue? And then two follow-ups. What, if you feel like it did prepare you, what was like an influential experience or person? And if not, what would you change to make it better? Um, I feel like my work experience, I've realized that I love working with people and I love seeing people happy. So, um, Starbucks has really made me push towards a career in like psychology, just like being able to listen to people, understand like where everyone is coming from, because it's important to be able to work with different people and to be able to look at someone and be like, I don't know what you're going through, but here's a cup of coffee. <laughs> and that means a lot to me, so I feel like me going to college and me keeping that in mind I don't want to work anywhere where I can't have that same connection with someone so I hope that answers your question I love that did you want to get in here um I feel like so I don't know what I want to do so I'm kind of like exploring but I do know that I want to help people like I'm reading a book right now in my theology classroom about a Jesuit priest that was helping um um, people in gangs in LA and just helping them like get to a better life and that really sparked something inside of me so like helping people is something that I'm very huge on and so since I don't know my career like high school well my high school is very academically rigorous and so I know that no matter what like career path I choose like the college work will still be hard but not as hard if I didn't like have this academically rigorous like mm -hmm.
so the other big thing. Wow, look at you, looking out for the fair sex. That's very nice of you. Get in here, Danita. I would also like to, I don't even know if this is even possible, but probably mix a health services because everybody is dealing with something, whether big or small. And so I feel like, especially in the workforce, that could cause a lot of stress and a lot of more issues to life. So I feel like just having at least one person, that's actually good. There's a lot of counselors out there that is not good and it actually makes things worse. So like actually having a good mental health counselor, like somebody just there that you could come and talk to, that's also bad thing. If you've not had a bad therapist a time or two, you know, are you even living life? That's the question. <laughs> All right. Do you have any more, Cynthia? Okay. No, we have a, a whole bunch here. So this one, um, oh, I think, hold on. Oh, here, I got an actual direct text message. Someone has my phone number. <laughs> well, I'm gonna read this one first because it's actually um, a better question. What do, and I just dunked on somebody, I'm so sorry, whoever sent the other one in. What do the panelists feel that employers should be able to expect of and from them as workers? I don't know how to say this without coming across as extremely Gen Z, but I will try my best. That's the point. I, I think this came up in the news recently of someone refused to like do watch, they were told like, no, we're not going to train you, watch these videos on your own time. And she's like, okay, well, am I going to be compensated for doing this outside of work hours? And it was like a shock of like, you, you want compensation for doing work outside hours? Of like, I will absolutely stand by that like, when I'm at work, that is my number one priority responsibility and I need to be giving 100%, but I will not lose my other aspects of my life to please a boss.
So Zoe and I did not plan this ahead of time, but if you know anything about me, there was a big thing that happened this week for workers in Cleveland. We passed enhanced wage theft protections. So if your boss is asking you to do training when you are not clocked in, if they are asking you to do side work when you are not clocked in, if they are not paying you overtime, that is theft and the Northeast Ohio Workers Center wants to help you with that. So, thank you, Zoe, for the softball. The question that I was going to ask earlier, uh, workers are seeming to have their moment, a very different scenario than what millennials faced, who basically took whatever job they could find during the recession. How much has social media influenced and leveraged this worker moment? Social media has this way of like um, sending out an image that you have your own power in working somewhere. So the skills you bring, the knowledge you bring, the vibe that you bring to the job that you're going to work at is very important. So if you feel like a job doesn't add up to the, your standards of how you want to live your lifestyle, don't rush into it. And I feel like that's what my social media brings to me is I don't try to rush into becoming rich, but I see it all over YouTube and all over like Instagram, Twitter, but that doesn't make me, doesn't give me too much anxiety because I know that however I get there, I will be comfortable by my own standards. So, heck yeah. Um, I was going to say to that, uh, I think, uh, uh, what was the last phrase you said? I'm sorry, it just slipped out of my head. Uh, social media brings... I, thank you. Uh, I think social media has made it seem as almost a 9 to 5. That is a, a shortcoming because it's not the one in a million, not a one in, I, like the work that you do sounds amazing and I think that's what's so lost of the idea of like, we're either told it's nine to five cubicle or you're a pop star and then we don't have people encouraging us to explore interests that are we're genuinely passionate about like in that type of scenario where you can then actually start to understand what can I do with what matters to you. Yeah. Did Nina, have you been able to do any career exploration beyond your internship? Um, not really, but next semester we'll be doing this thing called Genesis. Genesis will be actually intern again. And so um, when I interned at the mayor's office, it was also kind of a way to just explore what I wanted to do. Like one of the things I did was um, I got to meet one-on-one in an interview with Councilman, Councilwoman, Ward Man, Ward Woman, um, and just a lot of different high positions, low positions, and get to talk with them about what they do and see like if I'm interested in any of them. And um, the Chief of Education and the Chief of um, uh, Family and um, Youth Success, which is who I was interning. So not really outside, probably on TikTok. Like just media in general, like like I said in the book of it, that sparks my interest. Or like just seeing things in the world, like what people are doing, kind of spoke like, oh, I could do this and I could do that. 
So the ancestorship also just like maybe you know, in general. Yeah. <coughs> I have a thought. Oh, get up. Yeah. Yeah. No, please. Ooh, this is my husband. Let's see what he has to say. Don't spill the beans. <laughs> Uh, thanks so much for uh, your input tonight. It's been great. I, so this year, CMSD launched the PACE program, the Planning and Career Exploration. I'm just curious, like in your schooling in high school, um, what sort of value do those programs have for learning about new careers and exploring new careers? Is that kind of stuff that you do on your own, like over the summers, or is it good to have your school kind of like be involved in your finding a summer job and find and thinking about long-term career options? Is that something you? Uh, take advantage of and would be interested in more of. I feel like that I appreciate those type of opportunities a lot because it's hard trying to understand how to present yourself to a certain group of people, especially when you already have like a certain way you want to present yourself, but you don't know if that's acceptable by the um, career environment that you you're, you want to go into. So I I feel like those type of opportunities. I feel like I think you have come to my school before, not you, but Pace has before, and I did. Um, <laughs> I did. I did want to. I did join one of the um, sessions, and the people who were speaking to us made us feel like very comfortable and not as anxious to like put on an act for any type of career that we're going into. It's just like take your skills, take what you know, and put this with that, and put this and add them together and make it your own thing. And it was like a breath for a moment. Um, I would say since I go to a Catholic high school, we don't have any of those programs at my school. And so that's also something like I'll, I've actually spoken about how that's kind of upsetting because it's a college club, but they don't have any like college club organizations at a school like hey, so like College Now or um, the other college stuff to like help us personally with us. So it's kind of like we kind of have to do on our own and find organizations outside themselves while I join YU because they help with like college and career um, success. And so I would like those programs at our school because they don't have it. And so I am interested in that. But it's just kind of sad that even though it's a college club, we don't have any of those. So I know the City Club is doing a forum tomorrow with Eric Gordon from CMSD, and what I might be hearing is that CMSD has one up on Magnificat High School. So that has to get woven in somewhere somehow. Next question. Ladies, well, thanks for doing this first. And uh, I've heard the term managing up from a few of you, which I learned when I was a little more seasoned in my career. I'm curious, though, if you see managing up in the workplace as a burden or an opportunity to show your leadership. I would say, I mean, like, my first genuine job with places was I started working when I was 14. Um, and then I think I picked it up to five days a week, six days a week. Um, knowing that you can have the ability to manage people who are older than you without crossing any lines, which is an extremely difficult balance of, of everything, but at the same time, it's 
I'm doing this as a way of appeasement so I don't seem like I'm managing, but also so I can cover and manage. And it just, it ends up being a kind of, why am I doing this? And then you're saying, yeah, you see how you guys did that? That was great. I really want you to do it like how I, how I managed you this, this time. It's like, well, I, I set up the activity. <laughs> so I just think it's about kind of like getting recognition for managing up because being compensated for accordingly, that's completely different. That's doing your job. Managing up is when you're not compensating and you're doing the job of others. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. Woo! Other thoughts on that? What about you, Ice? I feel like pushing some pushing someone who's younger than you younger than you to do something that they don't volunteer for or they're not ready, really ready to handle yet can be a burden in many ways because it's like you don't get that opportunity to take your time and look up to other people and take what they know and then and then try to put that to what you know as well. Instead, you're forced or more of like implied to or expected to already have it all figured out. And when I first had my first job, I didn't have it all figured out, but I kind of knew like looking at how bad the work environment was and what we actually needed, I was like, okay, well maybe if we did it this way, then it would be better and then that was like a plus because I could then speak up about it. But it's just, it's very relaxing to have someone there who you can look up to and a role model there who you, who you can see has done their job right. So, yeah. Could I add to that? I would say of like a job where suggesting, hey, maybe we do things this way and it's not considered disrespectful. That's the kind of condition I'm looking for in a job of where my simple age isn't the reason why I can't do this too. Yeah. Okay, this is the last one. I'm excited to see you. Uh, a pleasure listening to you tonight. Thank you. Um, I have a two-part question, really. Uh, first is, speaking for yourselves and sort of for your generation, uh, how, when you look at career path, how wide is the vision that people have? In other words, to be able to see multiple opportunities or to look for or to experience multiple opportunities. And then secondly to that is I have changed a lot of my thinking in that not everyone needs to go to college, but everyone needs to be educated. And in that, to have skills that are marketable, that will take you somewhere in the world. I'm like mulling it and then I'll... <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot in that question. I would say the career path is probably more um, broader because it was obviously a lot of more jobs that we have now that we didn't have like 30 years ago. Like basically nowadays, like anything's a job and especially technology, there's a lot of more technology jobs or like engineering. And so I feel like um, the path definitely is more opened up. More so I feel like, especially on TikTok, especially like with like engineering and stuff like they like just tell us oh this is a good job and it pays a lot of money 
but then they don't provide like any information. Like, mm -hmm. We know that there's a lot of more jobs, but like, we don't have any information to help us get started in those jobs or exactly know what that job is and if I would be like interested in that job or not. Other thoughts? What do people think about this notion of lifelong learning? Just the typical doctors, lawyers, um, etc. Just like there's so many jobs, and so if you don't know about it, like how are we going to get into it? Yeah, that's right. What a note to end on. But 
do we? We actually, we have one last special guest question. Hi, my name is Cora, and my question is, how would you rate your jobs as? Ooh, this is a good one to end on, a little bit of rapid fire. So, for our panelists who are not currently working, maybe rate your most recent job that you had. Is this like a 7 out of 10? <laughs> Let's go best out of 10. Is that fair? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I would say a 7.5 out of 10 because I love getting to work with kids. I love getting to say, hey, I learned about a really awesome way to connect with kids better, especially kids who you know, might have trouble with sitting still or like ADHD type behaviors that aren't normally just picked up on. And now because I went out of my way to do something, I can help, I can be more beneficial to that kid. And that's just the best feeling in the world of, they got it. And that makes up for all the other stuff. Um, and then, then there's management, but as I said, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I will rate my job a nine out of ten. Okay. And to be honest, those points add up to the people that I work with and to the things that I have that I have learned from my job. Um, I feel like Starbucks really is the best job that I've had so far, and I've had a, quite a few. <laughs> so I rate it a nine out of ten. Nice. Sharice, do we make you uh, rate your job? Why not? Seeing them um, take joy in what they're learning and just growing um, makes your job worthwhile. I've had a lot of opportunities to introduce different career paths, and young people have walked away and said that they see the world differently and that they see themselves differently. There will always be emails and meetings and all types of things, but those moments do make it worthwhile. So, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10, okay. Bring us home, Danita. I'm calling now, Chloe, but when I was working at the summer camp, that was such an amazing job. I would definitely put it like a nine or a 10. Cause just like number one, I was like 14 and I'm really sure I'm only five foot. So like half of the kids was already taller than me. <laughs> so a lot of them would be like, why do I have to listen to you? I'm taller than you. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. And it's like some of them was like only two years younger than me. And so it was weird like being that young and like supervising like a whole group of kids, but I wouldn't trade it. Like, I would definitely go back, and I have tried, but it's just really amazing. Like, I love working with kids, and just, like, seeing them, like, want to learn, and seeing them want to, like, play games and get along. Of course, there was always fights, especially with the boys. It was fighting way more than the girls. Like, so much drama, and so, <laughs> and so just, like, seeing them get along when they did was just really beautiful. Like, it was amazing. So, like, 9 or 10. Okay. Great. All right. Clap it up. Happy Dog. Tonight's forum is a part of the City Club and the Community Series sponsored by Bank of America. 
Thank you also to Youth Opportunities Unlimited and the City Club Education and Programming Committees for their support with tonight's forum. And lastly, thank you to members and friends of the City Club, both here in person at the Happy Dog and streaming live. I'm Grace Heffernan. Please tip your bartenders and servers very well. And our forum is now.